I'm Carrie Brett, and this is Shot at Love. Today's guest is Bobby Shanks, and he's the author of the new upcoming book, Undateable. Do you think dating is the worst? If that's how you feel, Bobby believes you could be perpetuating your undateable tendencies. These same tendencies that afflict millions of adult singles all over the world. To help navigate this problem, Bobby wrote a humorous how-to book to address your blocks, fix them, and find what you want, need, and deserve. When we come back, we will discuss the many dating dilemmas facing singles today, such as ghosting, one-night stands, lonely nights, frustrations around dating, and the steps we can take to have success. You won't want to miss it, so stay tuned. Bobby Shanks is an expert in residential and new construction properties and the owner of Shanks Realty Group with over 15 years experience working in the Jefferson County and St. Louis area. He's also a podcaster and author of the new book, Undateable. In his words, he's a regular, everyday guy who's single and ready to mingle, but just hasn't had that aha moment where he felt like he wanted to spend more time with the vast majority of people he's gone out with. If you don't want to settle or go on countless dead-end dates to weed through all the applicants to find gold, this book is for you. Bobby also shares his hilarious and embarrassing personal experiences in this new must-read, including specific things to think about that will take you from undateable to an amazing, dateable person. This episode is going to be so good. Now, without further ado, welcome to the show, Bobby Shanks. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to have fun. We're going to have fun. It's going to be great. So I think you're the Midwestern version of me. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I am. It's so funny because we've talked about we're like we're like twinsies just on opposite ends of the uh, country. We are. It's like like we split at birth. We need like monogram cowboy hats or something. I mean, we are. This <laughs> and hers. We need to take this on the road. This has just been so fun. I love your story and. I can't wait to talk about your new book. And I had a friend of yours hear me speak on Clubhouse and I get this random message and it was like, hey, I'm not really impressed with many people, but I think you actually know what you're talking about. And have you heard of Bobby Shanks? And I was just like, just the name. Your name is just, you know, I looked you up and I think the first video I saw of you, you were in like, like hunting gear. And like, I was just like, this guy is so... You know, you get the motorcycle and the cowboy hat, and I just was like, this guy's a character. I just love, I love your personality. So you grew up in a tiny Midwestern town, and your high school graduating class had 20 people in it. You came from a great family, and you were always a hard worker and, a, you know, a natural provider. You got married in your mid-20s, and you found yep. yourself married twice with three kids by the age of 45. So can you... You know, give us that a sums it up. <laughs> it totally <does>. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's my entire life. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, no one intends on being married once or twice. When you get married right. the first time, you think it's forever. Yeah. So we both were in long term, you know, either married or I was in a long term relationship for 10 years after I was in 
a relationship for 14 years. So we both find ourselves navigating the online world of dating with yeah. children, being single parents, having careers. And I started a podcast and you wrote a book and started a yeah. podcast. So. so, you know, one of the things that I, I actually say in my book, because it, it, it throws people off when they hear this. My first marriage, uh, about 18 years, it was very successful. We had a great marriage. We had a great homes. We had other real estate. We built a business. We had kids. It was very successful. The deal was we, we were very much in love with our commitment to each other and to parenting, and we had a business, but we just weren't in love with each other. And, you know, after almost two decades, um, it just it just came to an end. It ran its course. I want to challenge people to think about their past relationships because everybody thinks, oh, I'm, I'm divorced. So woe is me. It was a failure. I wasted my life. And you don't have to look at it that way. It was just an extra long learning experience. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean, because. I love what, one of the most favorite things in your book that you said is that everyone, you know, time is our most precious commodity. So mm-hmm. people don't like wasting time dating. And your whole thing is it's not a waste of time. It's an investment of your time and you're investing in yourself and you're investing in others. And nothing, all of our experiences in our life, it's not a race. We get there when we get there. None of it is a waste of time. It all absolutely. It all makes you the person that you are today, and as difficult as navigating heartbreak and divorce and all that, as difficult as all that is, I wouldn't trade it because I'm the person that I am today, and that's like the real juice of life that people say that it's the journey, and it's your story, and your story is colorful, and. And you're a great dad, and you're type A, and you're super successful, and you go to the gym, and you run a business, and you're into a lot of things, and you make it work. You work into the night, you work on weekends, you're involved in charity, you're involved in your church, you're a hands-on parent. And often people say, and it's usually single people who will say to me, I just don't have time. I can't fit it in. I know. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. We people like us, in my opinion, and I've and I've and it's a very valid opinion because I've seen it time and time again. We do the same thing as business people, business owners, as parents, and even in our social life and and whatever our extracurricular activities are. We do the same things as married people do, mm-hmm. and. And in my opinion, we do it better. We do it because we, we have to. <laughs> we, we do it because we have to. And we have a better sense of just how valuable our time is because we don't we have the same amount of time as everybody else. But we're doing the things that that a lot of married couples do together. But we're doing it alone. And then when you add in the, the other element of, like you said, being a type A, um, <laughs> You know, when when are we not doing something? One of the worst gifts that I could give myself is time off. 
Like, I don't even know what to do with myself. Mm, I get it. Yeah, I, I get it. I mean, I, I, rem- I remember feeling that way with COVID when I was forced to shut my studio down. I was like, wow, this is, so this is what happens. I was like shocking to me. I ended up doubling down and creating content. So I, I was super busy because I can't, I can't have free time. I don't do well. Give a busy person a task. And so I was super, I was after it when I was dating. And the thing I like about the, you know, what's similar within our stories is that we're both natural salespeople. And we also, you had a lot of girlfriends and I had, I grew up in a neighborhood with all guys. So including my producer, who is one of my oldest Mm -hmm. friends, but I always preferred to hang out around with a lot of men because there wasn't a lot of drama and we would just listen to music and have fun. And it, it just, it was how I grew up and I I just kind of kept that path. And Mm -hmm. the photography world was predominantly men as well. So I had a good sense of men and you're in real estate. And so most of the people you worked with were women. So we had this experience of studying the opposite sex and we were naturally good at sales and I like in your book you say like you can scan a room and tell who's like real and authentic in like two seconds flat and and that's that's a skill and we were both quick studies and that's how we've you ended up writing a book and I ended up writing a book because we we watched the patterns yeah so, you know, something you alluded to just a few minutes ago about um, relationships, specifically intimate relationships, dating, being an adult, single, maybe you've been divorced, maybe you've always been single. When you date, it's an investment. And so what I have found in, in my research, which I'm sure is very similar to, your, to yours, like we've talked about, is people they go really hard at dating for let's say three months, they get discouraged and then they hang it up for six months. Right. And it's, it's just this revolving door um, about every 12 months, people find themselves right back to where they started from. And one of the things that I point out in my book is you, you got to get off the gerbil wheel. Mm. And in order to do that, you have to be able to know how to, to make better choices, in other words, better investments, kind of going back to your podcast about relationships or like a business, you have to know how to make better investments in the right people so that uh, you're just not going on one dead-end date after another. Right. I think being a single mother was worked in my advantage because I was a business owner and a single mother, and right out of the gate... I held value around my time. People knew that I wasn't going to be sticking around these dating apps very long. Oftentimes, mm-hmm. if I wanted to date that night, I could get it. And it was because I was really bold and strong. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I stood my ground. And because my time, I would have to get a babysitter. I would have to beg and borrow and steal with my parents to take my child. So... I would screen these people pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. So here's the reason I'm laughing. 
Um, when I first entered the dating world as an adult single, I was super excited. I was very naive, uh, uneducated, uh, but I had I had a right a good attitude about it. And on one particular occasion, I uh, got the babysitter. It was a Saturday afternoon. Uh, got a babysitter to come and hang out with my daughter for a few hours. Uh, I got a haircut. I made sure I was dressed right. You know, I put a lot of preparation into the date. And then I got to where uh, I was going to meet this gal. And it was at noon on a Saturday. And I got there early because I knew the place would be packed. It's a it's a popular bougie place in Kirkwood, Missouri, which is a small suburb outside of St. Louis. And I wanted to make sure that we had the, the right table. We were close to the live music, but not too close that we couldn't talk. And it was going to be hot out. So I wanted to make sure we were close to a fan. Like I put a lot of preparation and thought into dating this one girl. And this was going to be our first date. Got there early, 1130. 1145, 12, 12:15, 12:30, and then it hit me. I was being stood up. Oh no. First time in my life. Like this is this is how crazy it was. Once it got to like 12:15, I actually went on Bumble, which is where I met her, to message her to say, hey, are you okay? Like I was genuinely concerned for her because she was coming from almost a hundred miles away. Oh wow. Like we had we had, had a lot of planning in this. And I was genuinely concerned. And then when I went on Bumble, her profile had been removed. Oh. And then like I'm sitting there and I'm processing, and I'm literally standing on the curb out in front of this bougie <laughs> restaurant. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm getting stood up. (laughs) (laughs) First time in my life. Like, that was – It's a rad deal. I was shocked. I was shocked. Like, I – you know, the title of my book is Undateable. But but let me set the record straight here. I didn't write the book about me and why I'm undateable. I actually think I'm pretty dateable. I think you are too. Um, That's why I was laughing about the book. I mean, I love the title. It's so good. Yeah. It's great. But the book, the book is about all of my experiences with seemingly uh, normal, everyday, uh, great gals that I wanted to date. And as it turns out, it was just one disastrous horror story episode after another <laughs> of undateable people. Right. And I'm like, like, these are people that uh, one gal had her PhD. One gal was a clinician. Um, like these, these are, these are people that are your coworkers, like people you see every day on the street in church at school where you work. And, but when it comes to dating, oh my gosh, it is, it's kind of a train wreck out there. So People have to know how to make better investment choices for who they're going to spend time with right from the first date. Right, right. No, I get this. So, oh, yeah, I, I did a whole <laughs> I did a whole segment on this where I kept having these disastrous situations where I would be dating people that 
were not viable. And it would go on for like three months over and over and over again. And then people just thought it was me. And I was like, no, no. This, I finally started to realize I had done so much work on myself that I, slowly I started to realize that one person after another had more issues than Vogue. And this wasn't me. And this is why I love your book because I was thinking about this and I'm like, this guy's been married twice. Like he's not undateable. He's been married twice. I mean, you're Mm -hmm. not George from Seinfeld. Like George from Seinfeld is definitely (laughs) undateable. There's people who are undateable. That is not you. But again, like you're saying, you're having all these situations where, I don't know, we're both smart in business. That's where the disconnect, I think, happened for both of us, where you're like, how did I end up on a date with a prostitute? Like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I've got to take that oh. live to Facebook. You know, like, you can't, this is what I I realized, and this is why I was so passionate about doing this podcast because you cannot make this stuff up and it is funnier than if you had like a team of Netflix writers like this stuff that I've lived through is so comical people used to beg like they'd be like please do not get off these dating apps because what what are we going to laugh about every day and it was foolishness but what what is it that why is it like this Well, so first of all, let me set the record straight. I did not realize that I was going on a date with a prostitute. It did not become (laughs) evident to me. (laughs) It was not evident to me (laughs) whenever I met her on a dating app. But apparently this woman and others like her um, troll dating apps looking at Uh, I guess guys like me and kind of play the role of getting to the date. And then once they're on the date, uh, certain behaviors and things they say, you're like, wait a minute, this, this girl's not on a date with me. She's working. (laughs) (laughs) And, and you want to know something? Uh, I, I didn't fall for it, but I bet that works. Oh yeah, I like, when you t- I when I talked to you about this, I was like, well, it's a win-win for them because they get a free dinner, anyways. Yep. And so it's either going to go one way or another, and it's action. And that's what I what you were saying early on is that people have to get off the hamster wheel if they stay consistent, if they really are available, and they stay with it, and they don't stay with it. So oftentimes the breakthrough is like the last key on the keychain. That's the one that opens the lock. And so I stayed with it and I had success. And you learned a lot. This is what we're talking about, the investment. So tell me, how did you just decide to do the book and the podcast? And what was the inspiration or what kind of preparation or what did you learn about yourself in this process? Okay. So that that actually is a great question. And I've actually never shared this before. So thank you for asking. So last September, 2020, we're, you know, still in the peak of uh, the pandemic, everybody shut down, dating's a nightmare, etc. I was sitting on my sofa one night and, and, and had gone on a date and was home early. 
which is another story, of course. And I was finishing actually some paperwork for my job and my laptop was sitting next to me. And I thought to myself, you know what? I'm just going to start writing a few notes after every date that I go on so that I can like, I have a degree in economics. So I love numbers. I love math. I love graphs. I like to figure stuff out. Uh, because for every problem, there's a solution. You just got to find it. Right. So I started writing. It was probably about, I don't know, seven, eight o'clock. And I just started recounting some of my experiences that I had had over the summer. 2 a.m. in the morning, I'm still writing. Awesome. And I never intended to write a book. Never. But by the next night, it was so alive in me. Mm. Like it, it, it was, it was like I, I had to purge it. I had to get it out of me. Yeah. And literally in two months, I wrote this entire book. <laughs> yeah, that's so random. This is why I say we're like twinsies because I, same thing. I started writing, I was writing a chapter a day and my boyfriend was getting aggravated. This was before COVID. And he was like, you have got to go back to the studio and go back to work. And I'm like, you're acting like I can't, I can help this. It was like I was possessed. Yes. And it just came, it just like poured out of me and I'm glad. I mean, I haven't published the book and you're inspiring me to do that, but none of that was a waste. My writing improved. It helped me develop the podcast. I draw from those chapters all the time within each episode. It, it was like I was fine-tuning what I had learned. And yeah. what, what I did, I did it visually because I'm a photographer. So I color-coded, went down to Staples and literally bought every supply imaginable. And I color-coded 800 men that I screenshot on Tinder. <laughs> That's awesome. You are so my kind of person. <laughs> like if we if we went deep sea fishing, we could probably be gone for a week and it felt like two hours. I we know, could just I know. not stop talking. It's the best. When you find your people, it's the best. Yeah. Because not everyone takes it to the extreme that we did. But, right. um, you know, I want to talk about some of these things because they're very similar to what I what I teach, but you come about it in a different way. You phrase it differently, and it's just how your mind works. Now, I often joke, so I live with a realtor, and at the time, I wanted to sell my house, and I needed a realtor. I wanted a realtor. That was, that was something I didn't know, but I was pulling that in magnetically because I live with a realtor. And so because I watch him, and he's really good at his job, I compare all my dating advice to either the real estate market or Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like curb I, repeal and like uh -huh. more eyes well, on the house. So here's, here's what's funny. I have a chapter in my book, a whole chapter called Dating Curb Appeal. Oh my God. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Oh, that is so funny. So yeah. I was talking to my boyfriend about this last night, how you have the, uh, you talk about the essence of contract law 
and mm-hmm. how you yep. compare that to online dating. And he was just like, all right, you two are already, like today he went golfing. He's like, good luck with Bobby Shanks. <laughs> like, he was just like, you two. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I, I've already started on my second book and I'm, I'm contemplating my third book. Um, but if I'm, my third book might actually be a business book. I like that. And to take everything I've learned in dating and how that applies to uh, business. Yeah. It'll be funny. It'll be funny to I'm, say the I'm least, no but, but very informative. I think it would be really funny. I mean, no one, uh, that's why you can laugh your way through this experience or you can cry your way through. And I chose to have a positive attitude and laugh at myself and just, I just took it to such extreme. I mean, I'm an exaggerator anyways, but I would just embellish the stories and I just, I don't know. I mean, it was the only way through it for me. And so I talk about pulling in a realtor and I have this top 10 list that I swear by. So Putting a pen to paper is very powerful. If you don't ask for it, you can't get it. And what you do is you have the three pillars and then your second Mm -hmm. list of bonus things. Can you talk about that? I would love to. So my book is meant to be, um, you know, it's self-help. It's uh, motivational. It's funny. It's thought-provoking. But I do have two specific chapters that are, shall we say, more of an academic approach to dating. And the first, one of the first chapters is called The Three Pillars. So to me, the three pillars, uh, there's an exercise in the chapter, are where you identify your core values. So the way I describe it in the book is if you're on a deserted island and you're going to be there the rest of your life with no human contact ever again, what are your core values. What makes you, you, what makes you, um, what are the things that are most important to you and that have been important to you, whether you were 20 years old or 30 years old or 60 or 70, 80, you know, these are your core values for life. And there's three. Now, one of the problems with dating, uh, both men and women is we're all creating this list of criteria and like I've had specifically I've had women that have sent me like from their own handwritten journals their list of criteria that they're looking for and and I've I've read them earnestly and I have responded and said like I can't even meet half of these (laughs) and because it's just too much. Yeah. And, and part of the reason why people have so much criteria is because they have so much trauma. They have so much resentments from past relationship failures for whatever reason, and they need to do some self-work to uh, get over that. But the three pillars is an exercise to help you identify three very specific core values that are important to you. And then it instructs you on how to use those core values when you're online or in person, you know, whether you're in the, the, the grocery aisle or on Tinder, how you can use these three pillars to identify the right type of people that you should actually invest your time in. So you're, par- you're kind of paring it down. 
a little That's bit. exactly what it is. Yeah. Now, the three bonuses are three things in your life that are, they're not core values, but they're three things that are very important to you. So, for example, uh, if you're the type of person who goes to the gym five days a week, you know, that's not a core value, but that is an activity that you do in your life that's really important to you. So that's a bonus item. So if you're a single guy, single gal, and you're out there in the dating world and you really want to find somebody that you can do that activity with. Now, I, I use you know fitness or going to the gym as one example. It could be could be going to church, could be uh, if you're a musician, could be if you're a photographer. If spending lots and lots of family time, like if you're the type of family that you get together literally every single weekend, you know, you probably want to find somebody that can relate to that. So those are the three bonuses, three pillars, three core values, three bonuses, three things that are, you know, more lifestyle oriented. Okay. And I take people through an exercise on how to extrapolate that out of their own mind, put it on paper, and then use that information to go find their perfect mate. I like that. And I think you found out about yourself, like, you have to be available and you have to be able to work and be, and be able to make adjustments to fit into someone else's life. And yeah. a lot of people I find they're at stages. They're all, mm -hmm. there's like four stages. They think they're ready, but they're not ready. It's not me. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's not you. It's me. A lot of that going on, on these yeah. things. And it's frustrating. So one of the things that I, attempted to do in my book is I wanted to hit the most important stuff right up front. So I didn't step up to the plate to hit a, a base hit. I wanted to hit a home run with my readers just within the first couple chapters. So chapter two of the book is called, Are You Available? And the reason I wrote that chapter is what I have found in dating is Especially when you're an adult, adult, single, business, you know, life, careers, single parenting, uh, you know, don't even get me started. And if you throw, you know, crazy X's into the equation. This episode of Shot of Love is brought to you by Akal Chai Rum. Akal Chai Rum is the world's first botanical rum. Recognized by the government of Trinidad and Tobago as having the first new production process for rum in over a century. Akal Chai Rum is an officially protected trade secret. Only the second such protected process in the Caribbean since the famed Angostura bitters by Don Carlos Siegert in the 1870s. Akal Chai Rum is available in 44 U.S. states on chairum.com. Also available in the Republic of Ireland on stuffyouneed.com. I try some today. But there are a lot of people out there that they want to date and they'll go on dates, but they're just not really available. Mm. So it's it's there's no there's no deep and heavy metaphor behind are you available? It literally means are you available? So if you're seriously wanting to find, you know, Mr. Right, Mrs. Right, the perfect mate, the right match, you know, you've got to find somebody who has the same script as you. So if you're looking for someone to be, you know, your 
person that you spend, you know, several days a week with, go out with frequently, you've got to find somebody that's available for that. Mm-hmm. And num- that's number two. Number one is if that's what you want, you have to be available for that. So what I'm finding uh, <clears throat> now, this is from a male perspective. When I am on dating apps, which I it's been thousands, literally thousands of profiles that I've reviewed. And again, this is from a male perspective. Probably the number one thing I read on, I'm going to say 90% of the profiles that I come across is I'm busy, I'm career oriented, I have kids, I don't have a lot of time, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And, and those things are fine. But when it's 90% of what you read, it's, it's almost like, well, it sounds like you're busy. So it doesn't sound like you really are available to date. And why would I want to go on a date with you if I think it's going to be a month later before I could even go on a second date if we hit it off? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I do see what you you're ha- saying. Well, you I, have to be available. I think it's this half in, half out mentality. It's so easily accessible. You know, you can get on your phone, get on a dating app. A lot of them are free. You can swipe your heart out until you have a carpal tunnel. And then it's like, you know, you can go back to it and leave it at any time. But this half in, not 100% all in committed to finding love is where you're undateable. Yeah. Bingo. Right? And. Yep. And so that's what I learned. And it, and it was a bunch of time wasters. These different guys were looking for attention, an ego stroke, someone to pass the time with. And, but, you know, you can have successful dates. You can find love. Did you go on 50 dates during COVID? Did I, <laughs> is that in my stalking you on, on social? Yeah. Did you do that? I did. <laughs> <laughs> Well, here's the, I, I'm committed, you right? Are. I, I'm available and I, I run a, I run a business. I'm a single dad. Uh, I go to the gym. I go on a lot of motorcycle rally rides. I travel a lot. Uh, I work out five days a week and yeah, I went on 50 dates over during COVID. So clearly I've made that a priority uh, because if you're not available to date, well, then why are you dating? Right. And that's what you need to ask yourself. And then this is why we make it positive. We make it work. We're committed to it. Like it's a job. It's very high on our list. It's not a mine anymore because I, I did. I do have a boyfriend that I found online, but I don't know. I mean, I think it's this mindset, this winner's mindset that it's going to happen and we have to use the skill set. Like you said, you can, you can scan a room in five seconds and, and you're like, I don't think this person really is available. So mm-hmm. I want to ask you, what's your best date? And, or what was your best oh. date? <laughs> but <laughs> keep, it, keep it not X-rated. <laughs> yeah. No, I, no I, I, I will say that I've, uh, my book... 
the the original draft of my book is was is very different than the final draft. The original draft was very colorful, very uh, masculine, right? Because I'm all dude from the Midwest. <laughs> and um, but with the help of my publisher and my editor, I, I they cleaned me up to make me a little more consumable. So I went from you know definitely rated R to only brushing gently on a few rated R scenarios in my book. And one of those scenarios where um, I met a gal from uh, probably about 150 miles away. And I actually say in my book, it was my best date ever. And here's why. Oddly enough, I did not meet this gal on a dating app. She found me on Facebook and she reached out to me and it was honestly, it was very friendly. It wasn't flirty. It was not assuming of anything whatsoever. Um, we, there was something in our personal lives that made her and I have an instant affinity for one another, if you will, a bonus item. Um, Besides that, she was also a single mom. She was a business owner. She was into health and fitness, et cetera. So we hit it off and we talked, um, you know, we not just pen pal, but we actually uh, FaceTimed with each other, video conferenced for, man, I'm going to say it was a couple months. And and it was just friendship. We, we never uh, assumed because of the distance that there was ever going to be an actual dating relationship. So time went on and it really was just kind of a, a friendship. And, and I'm going to say, just as a side note, the greatest aphrodisiac to an intimate relationship above all else is friendship. If you have that, you it's, it's gold. Mm. It's absolutely gold. And it is, it is the seed for which the the biggest relationship tree can grow from. I love and that. yeah, it, it's the truth. And we had that. So, uh, and again, all of this is in my book. She, um, she had family in St. Louis and just out of the blue one day, I don't know. It was like a, a Monday, Tuesday. She's like, Hey, I'm going to come to St. Louis to visit my family. Why don't we meet up? And I'm like, hell yeah, let's meet up. And Without going into all of the specific details, she went and visited her family. Uh, we met up for, I, you know what? I don't even know that we really called it a date. But we met for several hours and we, I mean, we absolutely hit it off. I can, I can tell you right now that if she lived closer, we, we, would, be, we would be in a long-term relationship. There's oh, wow. no doubt. Is this something that it happened? was awesome? That's awesome. So now, is this something that's common? That I mean, I'm lazy, so I always put the radius. Like I wasn't going to drive past 25 minutes. Like I don't know that I would have gone these long distances. Is that something that you guys do in the Midwest because these towns are t- smaller? Or <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm just wondering. To, yeah, no, it's a great question. So to each their own. I love to travel. Uh, my kids are at an age as well as I split, uh, parenting with their mom where 
I have the freedom to where if I want to, you know, travel a hundred miles or even 500 miles, fly, whatever, to meet someone, I can do that. I have absolutely no issues at all with developing a relationship with somebody who's a longer distance away. But again, you have to have someone who's who has the same script as you. I love that. That's good. Right. You have to have the same script. So you can be compatible from a personality standpoint with somebody in a lot of ways, even in your core values. But it doesn't mean, like to your point, when people are at different stages or different seasons of their life, you have to have someone who's in the, the same part of the script of life that you're in to, uh, I, I feel, to really make it work. So uh, I, I personally choose to allow myself to date outside of my uh, <laughs> the hundred foot walls that seem to surround St. Louis from a dating perspective, um, just because I like to travel. And the secondary reason that I uh, choose to uh, allow myself to date outside of St. Louis and to be very specific, not date within my few zip codes is because I'm a business owner. Interesting. And, you know, if, if, if I, you know, if I date this girl and she's, you know, 10 miles from my house and then this girl who's 10 minutes from my house and the next and the next and the next, Eventually, it just becomes problematic. If it, if, <laughs> if it doesn't work out, and because I have such a large social media presence, right? I just I just don't need the headache. Right. It's it's uh, honestly it's it's not a good decision as a business owner to do that. Right. Because then if you're writing a chapter about them and <laughs> whatever, yep. oh wow, or whatever. So I like this this same script. What I think I want to do. I want to have you back on the show once you have information of how your book has helped others. And I think I could seriously do a whole episode on figuring out if a person has the same script. I really, <laughs> I really like that. <laughs> mm -hmm. So we learn from setbacks and things not working out, the divorce, you know, the, the failed date. What have you learned from a, a terrible date? Oh, <laughs> or what was like now? One now, we're, now we're going to really peel this back. So I, I have a, a a phrase that I use um, with my sales teams and and even with people that I've talked to about dating. A setback is a setup. That's the way you have to look look at it. The setback, the thing that sets you back is really the thing that's setting you up for the next experience, the next challenge, the next, you know, thing that's really going to make it. And, you know, like this book, uh, I didn't write this book because I've had wonderful dating experiences. It's quite the opposite. And for that reason, I can identify with my audience, which by and large adult singles are generally unhappy about dating and yeah, because, you know, for everything that we talked about when we started this episode, uh, it's, it's a revolving door. It's a gerbil wheel. And, and the only way to get off of it is just to quit, you know, and then, you know, three months later, you're sitting on the sofa, it's Friday night and you're like, what the hell am I doing? 
I should be on a date right now because I'm a worthy person, right? Willing versus worthy. I'm worthy of dating. Somebody should, out there should like me. And to, to give you an example of one bad date, uh, when I have a Rolodex, <laughs> it, uh, it, it's, it's a tough question to answer. Let me think here. Oh, you know what? I do have one. I do have one. <laughs> and this is this one. This is really short and sweet and simple, but it'll give the audience an idea of just how freaking frustrating it is. So I met this gal uh, online on dating app. Uh, great profile. Super cute. She had everything that uh, captures my gaze. Um, I actually call it the eye exam. So she passed the eye exam, 2020. Went on our first date, super friendly, flirty, conversational, great job, good life, very independent. Uh, it was a home run. Very like I was halfway through that date and I was already thinking to myself, oh yeah, I'm definitely going out with this girl again. And I hope very soon. So we got to our second date, and the second date was a lot like the first date. In fact, it was even better because we went out on my uh, my Harley, and we got to our destination where we we're going to stop and have a drink, grab a little food. And she proceeds to tell me, oh, "No, she's married." <laughs> now listen, listen. Here, here's why I'm using this example. Okay, it happens to men too. Wow. It's, it doesn't just happen to women. It happens to men, too. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, right, it's part of the available thing. Are mm-hmm. you available? Well, part of being available isn't just do you have Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. open. Part of being available means. You've tied you know, up your path. Like you, it's all <laughs> handled. But it's kind of one of those things where, you know, there's probably some things you should disclose. So anyways, to answer your question, a bad date, that's one example I could give you. <laughs> like, there's not enough time. There's not. <laughs> to give you so well, well, that's what I said. We're going to have you back. We're going to have you as a reoccurring guest. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because you're so fun. I, I just have a few more questions. But what would your advice be? I mean, a lot of people feel like they're a failure, that they're terrible at dating. Yeah. It's just not for them. They're not very good at it. They're good at business. They're not good at, at, at dating. And they feel unworthy or undateable. What would your advice be? So this, this is probably my favorite question of all. Earlier I said when I, when I sort of committed to converting my journaling exercise into actually writing a book, I said, I, and I actually say it in the book, I want to hit a home run right here up front and just, just hit it. And when I got done writing the book, in fact, I'd already handed it off to my publisher. And about two months after I had already handed it off to my publisher, I decided it needed one more chapter. And that chapter is called Willing Versus Worthy. And what I have found, and, and here's the thing, I, I, I'll be vulnerable here. I use myself as an example. I am 
and have spent, you know, debatably uh, my lifetime being worthy, right? I'm, I'm tall, I'm handsome, I'm physically fit, I own a business, I got my shit together, blah, 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 write the resume, the mm-hmm. black and white stuff. Mm-hmm. But the willing part is something that even I struggle with in dating. And what that means is, is there's a lot of people out there. In fact, I would say, (laughs) I'm going to be bold here. I'm going to say everyone, every single person who's on a dating app or out there in the dating world, who's actively dating, feels that they are worthy. But it doesn't matter how incredible you think you are or how incredible you actually are. If you're not willing to just open your box up a little wider so that you can actually make room for somebody else in your life, you're not, you're undateable. Right. True. And that's like, look, this is my personal struggle. I'm being, I'm being, honest. I, you know, and this is why the, you know, the three pillars are so important. There are so many people out there that are absolutely worthy, right? Their dating resume is sexy as heck, but if they're not willing to truly be emotionally available, to be open and willing to adapt their life to someone else when that someone else is is willing to do it for them. It's just not good. It's it's game over. And that is most commonly referred to as self-sabotage. I believe me, I could write. (laughs) I am the, I am the definition of self-sabotage. I fully admit it. And it is the thing that I work on. That's good. I think we all have that at some level. This is all great. I mean, I'm going to have to, I want to listen to this episode again. (laughs) There's a lot of information here. But my last question for you is, what would your advice be for someone who will not lose the storyline of I'm too busy? Or what would, you know, Mm. what would your advice be about important things to you and your perspective around being available to date. Yeah. So, you know, in my, in my book, I, I use a lot of metaphors, a lot of analogies, um, you know, because people get it, it makes it consumable. And if you want to run a race, right? You want to be in the Olympics. You have to train. And and it doesn't mean you just, you just run every day. Like you have to have coaching. You have to have, you have to eat right. You're right. It's not just one thing. There are several things that go into be being a gold, you know, gold medal winning Olympic star athlete. And dating is really not any different. True. Uh, you you can't just look good on paper. You can't just have 
the right uh, job or, you know, in fact, one place in my book, uh, I actually tell people that if you have a great job, all your bills are paid, you have no debt, you're investing in retirement, blah, 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 like you have your shit together. I got news for you. That's not enough. Mm, It's not enough. Yeah. I mean, your mama thinks you're doing great. So do you want to date your mom? It's not enough anymore because people don't need to date for a purpose anymore other than to have someone in their life that makes them happy for personal fulfillment and someone who is supposed to be their best friend. So there's got to be more to you. You have to be able to offer more than just a great resume. Right. And so my advice would be to people, quite frankly, like me, if you are not willing, like if you haven't truly had, you know, a a fallen on your knees with hands raised in the air, spiritual moment, experience, revelation, where you are truly going to make yourself open and willing to adapt yourself to another person. You're just, well, you're just dating for fun. Right. And that, and that, and that's okay too, but be honest with yourself. And if that's going to be your approach, then you're going to be a lot more successful if you're honest about it with the people you're dating, because there's plenty of people out there that are just looking for that. Right. Well, that's why I always tell people, beware of good on paper, because like you said, it's just not enough. And people fall into that trap. Well, Bobby, I haven't made any jokes about Shawshank Redemption or anything Shanks. (laughs) Shanks a lot for being here. (laughs) You are such a joy and inspiration. I'm so grateful that we've been brought together because you bring so much fun and wisdom to online dating. Thank you so much for all your tips and your insight. Where can people find you and, and what's coming with your, your book? When, when can we have it in our hands? And, and where can people follow you on your Facebook page? So the, the best place to follow me and to actually see me in person as I'm interviewing uh, singles from all over the country uh, in, in my studio is on my Facebook page. And if you go to uh, Undateable, the book, so at sign undateable, the book, you can find me on Facebook. That's the best platform because I do a lot of video. Uh, I have a YouTube uh, channel, Instagram, uh, but Facebook is definitely the best. And if you want to follow me personally, uh, I am on Facebook at, at Bobby Shanks STL. Okay, that's great. Oh, and my book uh, should be hitting shelves here for certain in less than 30 days. It'll be available on Amazon. So exciting. I can't wait. I need an autographed copy and you'll get I one. can't wait. And you'll have to come back real soon and tell us all about the experience. And this was great. So I can't wait. Thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun. And it's 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 very affirming for me to be able to speak to someone who's at my level. Uh So I really appreciate that. Thank you. Well, thanks again. 
And for now, this week's dating tips. And in honor of today's guest, Bobby Shanks, these tips come directly from his book, Undateable. Number one, are you truly available? Repeat to yourself, if it is to be, it's up to me. Number two, if you're single, wish to date, and simply don't have time, Bobby has set the record straight. You do have time. You're just not managing it correctly. Number three, what you focus on expands. If your focus is to date and find love online, then you'll have it. Number four, dating isn't a waste of time. It's an investment in yourself and someone else. I hope you found some of my tips helpful this week. This is what Shot at Love is here for, to help you find love. Keep up the commitment to yourself and commit to helping someone else by sharing this podcast. Remember to stay safe and stay tuned for more episodes. I've been nominated for a People's Choice Award and voting closes on July 31st. I would love your vote for Best Female Host. Cast your vote on podcastawards.com. I'm Carrie Brett and we'll see you next time.